Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, and we're here for another episode. So we are on a day, well, this is day two, but day day one, post-hunt one of the Iowa Till Trip. So uh, alongside me today, got Hunter again, got John and Devin. So uh, we're all excited to talk about our teal hunting today. We had a lot of fun on the opener, and we're rearing to go. So how are you guys doing? Good. 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 Tired. Tired, yeah. I think that could be the general consensus. It's just a lot of uh, back busting, sweating, and and working hard today for sure. Mm-hmm. Except for uh, Devin. You kind of yeah. you got the easy boat ride, right? Yeah. <laughs> easy boat ride showed up 30 minutes before shooting. and Yeah, you got back, and but you I... called me, and you're like, hey, I thought you guys were coming back to take a nap because we, we slept in the marsh all night. And, uh, well, we didn't sleep much. I think yeah. we, <laughs> we didn't sleep much. But you're like, oh, why aren't you guys back? I'm like, man, we had to walk out. It took us forever. So I think it took us about two hours, but mm-hmm. we, we finally made it back. Yeah, that was unreal. I don't I don't want to jump too far ahead in the story, though. So, um, But that's that's what we have um, in um, in store for the podcast today. John, get your mic a little bit. Just got it, like, twisted. There you go. All right. All right, good deal. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about on the podcast. But before we jump into that, let's get a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into it. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks to OnX. Guys, OnX is an awesome app for the waterfowl hunter. Um, the private land, uh, you can look up and find the tax the tax uh, information of the homeowner or the, the landowner and uh, be able to knock on the door. Um, here where we're at, there's tons of public land, so it helps seeing those boundaries, seeing those uh, the borders of of everything to keep you you know, knowing where you stand, hunting in a legal spot. Um, so definitely, guys, without Onyx, it'd make it a way harder. So check it out, guys. Um, you won't regret it. Also, like to give a big thanks to Weatherby, you guys. Weatherby, I shot the my new side by side today, um, and that thing is pretty pretty sweet. So. Um. Yeah, I I love that. What did you think of that gun, John? I th- I, mean, I thought it was super sexy. <laughs> I thought I, mean, I thought you're for. Is this your first time shooting? It? That was the first time shooting it, like ever. Right. I got it from the FFL like two days ago. So I mean, for this being your first time shooting, I thought you were shooting it really well. Right. Right. Well, it, it, it kind of helped that it was uh you know it's got the mechanical triggers on there, so um a little you know a little difficult to to oh, yeah. first time doing that. To like train my brain to be like, okay, you got to go to a second trigger instead of pull the, pulling the same trigger once. But I think when I get that down, it'll be a help instead of like a you know. A little, but it's just a little bit of a learning curve right now, and it's a it's a, an awesome gun. But they have they have the 18i, they have the element, they have a slew of options for um, the waterfowl hunter. And I know um, there, there's a there's a gun out there for you guys over there at Weatherby. So check them out also like to give a big thanks to Final Approach. Guys, Final Approach is the one-stop shop for the duck hunters. They got decoys, waders, they got camo, anything you need over there for duck hunter. Um, and they're out there in Missouri, family-owned company. Um, so it's it's like, you know, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you check out uh, that type of gear, especially as a waterfowl hunter? They got they got what you need. Um, also like to give a big thanks to Motion Ducks. Guys, Motion Ducks 
um, is the jerk rig on steroids. I got to give you an update, though. They gave me a promo code. I thought it was Duck Gun. Um, it's Duck Gun 10, no spaces. So that's the promo code for it. You use it over there in their um, website. They got the regular spreader, then they got the ultimate, the hold seven ducks. Either one gives lifelike motion to the, the decoys. Looks way better than like a traditional jerk rig in a straight line. It spreads them out, gives motion uh, all through your set. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and oh patreon guys if you're not over there the hunt giveaway is happening um like this week so your last chance right here uh if you're planning to jump over there uh don't wait any longer all right let's go ahead and talk about the hunts so hunter you want to kind of take it away to where we left off last night well i think you have to take it away with your uh in the woods story (laughs) okay i think that happened not too long after we recorded the last podcast sure Uh, i'm trying to remember what happened but anyways um, when you're out there in the sticks, there's, we got to take care of business. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta take care of business. And it kind of, it kind of made me think because I've tried multiple ways to go out in the woods and take a dump. And I'm just like, it's not something you're like taught, right? Nobody teaches you how, how do you take a dump in the woods? And like almost none of the ways that I've done it, I'm like, this is like, better than a toilet no it kind of sucks like either you're doing like you put the back your back against a tree and you're doing like a, a wall sit like while you're trying to take a dump but if it takes any amount of time man your quads are shaking and, and <laughs> worried about falling in right it. right so then i've tried like sitting on a log and like leaning over but then the whole time you're like worried you're gonna fall like in your own poop or like over the back side of the log so I don't know. What, what's your guys' preferred method? We'll start with Devin. Have you ever pooped in the woods? How many times have you pooped in the woods? <laughs> I mean, you're a deer it, hunter. You're a duck hunter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it happens to the best of us. We've all lost multiple socks or sleeves <laughs> or whatever. But those are the only two ways I know to do it. <laughs> the good thing is, is if you can't hold it, usually you don't have to sit there. And That's true. You're right. You know, it's usually a pretty quick process. You're not right. out there for luxury, you know. <laughs> but it's actually funny you said that because uh, I was actually in the deer woods last year, um, and I was sick. I should have probably stayed home, but I was like, I, I got to go. Like, right. I got to go. And I'm not kidding you. I had a stinking coyote run 15 yards in front of me with my pants down and my gun up oh, by man. that coyote. Man. It came out quick then. <laughs> it scared me. But, yeah. Yeah, I would say you're on the right track. All right, you got any? Uh, you got any uh, pro tips, John? Yeah, um, I, I'll just just take it from me, from someone who uh, who poops in the woods way, way more than they care to share. I'll just I'll walk out of my house and go poop in the woods just for fun. <laughs> um, no, I I feel like in Western hunting, obviously you'd do that. I mean, if you're gonna be like backcountry, like seven days, I mean, you're taking like a bunch of dumps back. Right, in the woods. it might be five to ten. Right, it's just yep. like I'm proud to say I've never had to sacrifice a t-shirt sleeve or a sock or anything like that. <laughs> Knock on wood. But in my opinion, there is one excellent way to do it. And there are 100 not excellent ways to do it. And the one excellent way to do it is called the clean pinch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And, and, that, and that's what I go for every time, you know? <laughs> so you're saying it's like a no wiper, right? Yep. You clean pinch. <laughs> you can't always control and, like and the consistency. You, and then you I hit mean. the safety wipe. Yep. Just in case you look at it, you smile. You must eat like, a lot right, of fiber good. in your diet or something. Yeah, man, it, I don't drink coffee. That helps. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, so do you do like the wall set or what do you do? 
No, you got to get you got to get a, a down log, a horizontal log on the ground with something in front of it for you to hold on to. <laughs> okay, there's a key point. That's yep. a that's a good thought. You know, have yep. something to hold on to in, in front. What about what about you, Hunter? I do the the log sit, but uh, since we're usually in a boat when I'm out hunting, I usually take a rope and tie it to a tree in front to hold on to a rope. Ah, so you know, there you backwards. Go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so uh, these are two that, that I didn't think of. So now I'll tell you what i found in the woods last night okay i'm guessing you didn't get the clean pinch no i didn't get the clean pinch but i I mean so i threw uh, again seasoned veteran i threw a pack of baby wipes in my blind bag which reminds me i need to go put it back in there because i I took it out um then it ended up in the boat then it ended up in the truck bed now it needs back in the blind bag in case because tomorrow we're sitting out um i mean we'll be out there for another whatever 12 hours mm-hmm. in the woods and you never know what you might come across but anyway so i got in the woods and i'm looking for the down log because that's kind of the go-to wall sit you know it's not preferred uh, too much clenching to like control other muscles at the same time but anyways looking for for a down log and i see this tree and it's got trees coming in it like comes like at a v where they're both up I'm like, that's just about the right size to fit in between. <laughs> and so I just literally sat and wedged my t- myself between the two trees. And it was the best way I'd ever ever done it. So, it, I mean, it literally. Oh, I this mean, was a good experience. I oh, yeah. Yeah. So horribly. I was like, I had the trees on like either side of the of my hips or my, my outer thighs. <laughs> and it just wedged you there. And yeah, did my business. It was good to go. So I, I learned something new, okay. tried something new, and it worked. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's your 101 on uh, pooping in the woods. Honestly, like we're all like, you know, it's a little like laughable, but whatever. I mean, it's honestly, if you've never done it and you're a new hunter, like it just comes around. It's good to know yeah, just go do the best way. Like go walk out of your house right now and go poop. No, in the woods. I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but it's good to know like, hey, these are your options for when you got to take a dump in the woods so you don't have to like try, you know, try by a. Uh, Trial by fire. Yeah. Right. Have a bad experience. Trial by poo. Yeah. <laughs> Trial by unclean pinch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 My worst, I think my worst one was I was down, we were, took a family vacation and we went down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains. So of course, like I, I tried to like set up a day where we could go and do some trout fishing in the morning. So I got my dad and my, I think my two brother-in-laws came. And we all kind of split up and went different ways on the river. Well, anyways, um, like when you're on vacation, you're not always eating like the same stuff or like, you know, whatever. But it just hit me like you wouldn't believe. I'm like, I, I can't make it back anywhere. So I had to take off my shirt. I didn't have like a knife with me or nothing. I just took off my shirt and uh, took a dump right there <laughs> in the river, used my shirt to wipe and um, came back with my waders and my backpack and no shirt. So. <laughs> Excellent. See, I'm always worried about like, all right, do you leave on your waders if you're duck hunting and you got to poop in the woods? Because I always kick mine off and then go poop just in my socks. Mm. Because yeah. I'm always super worried because if I go inside the waiter at all, like we oh, got major oh, problems. Oh, oh, yeah. Like I'm always so freaked out I about that that I always that. kick them off. So I had we had one time we were hunting and it was in somewhere where like there was literally standing water everywhere, at least like knee high water. All right, so my buddy had to go, so he was trying, like, whatever he could do. He ended up, like, holding on to the side of the boat, and he took his waders and, like, pulled them forward and leaned back <laughs> so that his waders were, like, tight against, oh, okay. you know. 
and he was in like you know knee deep water so the waiters are still like and yeah he took <laughs> i'd be worried you know about the floaters coming back towards you or something <laughs> <Absolutely>. but <laughs> the worst though is the winter time when you're nice and warm and oh. you gotta strip down to go take care of business oh man that's the worst feeling ever right right <laughs> anyways anyways not to linger too long on, the, <laughs> yeah. on this crappy subject <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but so back to back to the hunt. So back to the to the pre hunt. So yeah. um man, we're sitting out there. Or you wanna I'll go go ahead and let you take it, Hunter. Yeah, so that all happened and then we're we're sitting out there. We ended up kind of sleeping in the boat, just uh hung out pretty much for a lot of the night. You know, I feel to, like it was about two o'clock when, when I finally fell asleep. Yeah, it, it was something like that. And were you about the same? Did you fall asleep right after? Yeah, me? just pretty much the same exact time. I mean I didn't hear you snore, so I must have been asleep right <laughs> at about the same time. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like, so we fell asleep eventually. The jitters finally wore out and sleep overcame and set the alarm to wake up. And I went back to go get John. And then as I drive the boat back to go get John from the landing, Jordan was out in the marsh and you saw some spectacular stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was super cool, man. It was a full moon night. You know, I think we talked about in the last podcast. But, um, you know, this little hole is on an island. It's super secluded. It's just super cool, super secluded cool setting and i'm just sitting there in my chair and like the moon shining down on the marsh you could see like just unbelievable because it was it was crazy it was so bright right and uh and all of a sudden i just hear i'm this is like an hour before shooting light um i just hear like wings you know over top and then like it happens like three or four more times and then i start hearing like till peep and quack and i text you i'm like hey they're they're in here already mm-hmm. you're like oh I'm, I'm about to pick up john um from the landing um and you start heading back and i just you know sit there for pretty much like the next half hour until you guys get back and just birds are just dumping in there i'm like the the only problem is they're on the other side yeah and so you think we should move i'm like no let's just stick to stick to the plan um, but then you guys finally get in there we start having like dawn light and now we can see the birds. And in Iowa, just to kind of reiterate something we've said already, but uh, anywhere in the Mississippi, I believe, Mississippi Flyway, you have to um, wait till sunrise instead of half hour before. Central Flyway, they can shoot a half hour before. Mississippi Flyway, it's sunrise. Um, so, like, you know, a little bit later than the normal duck season. Um, but anyways, we're standing there, and that's about when you get in there. And, like, you just, like, keep hitting me on the shoulder. Are you seeing this? I'm like... And I don't even answer. I'm just like watching and like keep watching more. You're like, are you seeing this? I'm like, yes. And there's like literally hundreds of them landing on the other side in the lilies. And uh, <clears throat> and you're still running back and forth from the boat. Yeah, I was and, putting together a, a stand and some other stuff. Yeah. Right. And so um, you're like, should we do it? And you left and I, I called you and said, hey, we're go- we have to go to the other side. Because mm-hmm. there's just hundreds landing over there. So there, we, There was a handful landing like right in front of us too, but it was, I mean, it was 10 to 1. Right. It was like, side. not even 10 to 1. Yeah. It was like 1 to 100. Right. <laughs> because there was flocks of 100 going in and then we'd have like a pair come by us. And and like, you know, if we would have stayed there, we probably would have shot some. Yeah, I'm sure we'd have done okay. But. but like the big flocks, we were talking about it like, hey, would we have shot more if we were on the other side? Or if we're on, you know, was the move the right thing? But we had all the big flocks that came right overhead. And that was probably at least half of our, our birds we shot were coming out of those big flocks that mm-hmm. came right over us. Which yeah. now, is, now, when you say big flocks, right? Like, like 20. I'm, I'm from Indiana, in case you didn't know. And when I say big <laughs> flock, that's like six mallards or something. <laughs> right. When you say big flocks, how big is a big flock? Well, I mean, the the biggest ones we had actually come like over us in the decoys. I would say like 20 to 30. But we saw, we saw you know, flocks of like hundreds. 
Yeah, that would come in. Yeah. yeah, you'd get a flock of like 100 that would come into the cut, and then they'd kind of break into their little balls. It was so crazy. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really was. And I hope it's the same way so Devin can experience that tomorrow because yeah. now he's probably he's like salivating over our story. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we should add is when we drove in, and even when we were like walking in and stuff before we went and got John, there was no birds in the hole. Which, it was yeah. totally empty. So Complete non-roost. Roosting. Yeah, it was a no feed. roast. 100% feast. Yeah. Feast. Feed. <laughs> well, it was a feast for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we start pushing. We have a, I had a 12 foot. I called you. We're talking about different options. Hey, should I bring the canoe? You said, yeah. And I'm so glad you did because we couldn't have made the move without it. Like, no. cause we had all the gear. We had the dog, um, stand, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, John, go ahead and start telling that from there. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess from there we, we decided, I, from you making the decision to make right, the move, right. which I was against at first, and in hindsight I was wrong, you're right, um, we I mean, we kind of piled everything in the canoe and went just kind of across, I don't know, 200 yards or something to the other side of the cut. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, like, how was the walk through there? Horrible. <laughs> in, in a word? Chest putting deep. It, putting it delicately. Yeah, it was chest deep and, like, mid-thigh was mud. So, I mean, it was just, it was terrible weeds and mud and it was hard to push through we're pushing yep. the boat we're trying to balance push the boat i was trying to like hold the dog stand from flipping off the side mm-hmm. we got like all our guns decoy bags mojo bag um all that kind of stuff all in there you know um so it was just a we're pushing all this gear through this mud and muck and then we get to like and we had to take breaks like part way through maybe you wouldn't have had to john but i had to and <laughs> and, and we got to the other side finally and even then up there, it was like, now it's just all this slippery, thick mud. And so even then, it's like setting the decoys and trying to get back and forth. And then we look down, and now it's like two minutes after shooting light, which yeah. was crazy because we slept in the hole, and we still couldn't get set up by shooting time, yeah. which is the worst. Yeah. And like the, just a callback to those that listened to the previous podcast, we had rated the bottom at a 6 out of 10. If I remember correctly, and <laughs> yeah. we were like, and we were on the close side to us, and we're like, oh, this is a six out of ten. Turns out, the further you go across that hole, the worse and worse it got. That was a negative one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right. honest that that was a negative one. Yeah, on a scale of one to ten, that was terrible. Yeah, it was. I, I've, I've had a lot of like I mean, a lot of hunts where it's like, okay, there's birds here, but here's what it's going to cost, right? Like the walk in is horrible. Bottom sucks. You're in mud, right? Right. Uh, th- this was probably the worst. I'm not sure if yeah. I ever had one worse. But when we saw those flocks, let's just take a look. like when we saw the flocks, like where were you at like on a like a, like a 1 to 10 scale as far as like like holy crap, this is going to happen. I I do you remember how much time when you finally made the call and you called Hunter and you said, "Hey, we're doing it." How much time do we have till shooting like cuz I think that was my biggest hang up. It was, was, uh, it was no, 26 minutes, I think. There was no chance we we've got we can go over there it was, and get yeah, set up in 26 minutes. It was 26 minutes is yeah. what I said. Before I had walked to the boat boat though to grab their last of the gear i'd like made a comment about like i'd rather miss 10 minutes of shooting time and yep. sit in a better spot you right know? like if that's the option that's the trade-off that's definitely what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. you know especially here like we'd already said we can't shoot for that half hour before sunrise anyways so like that real early flock that most people try to chase we can't shoot it anyways so right and if we could have and we were set up there we would have been limited in three minutes <laughs> yeah. oh yeah first cut first two flocks yeah right i mean well even then it was just like non-stop it was yeah. like here's 100 here's 50 more here's another like here's 20 here's another 100 it's just like it's like swarming like mosquitoes and the lilies mm-hmm. on the other side mm-hmm. i don't know how close do you think my estimate on the scout of a thousand birds was oh I mean, yeah it was definitely yeah it was low <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but yeah it was like that first shot that rang out 
when we finally got set up. And then on like the other side of this oh hole, gosh. it was just like, whew, yeah. Oh, there's a, there's 500 teal oh, that yeah. were sitting right there. We didn't know about easily yeah. five, like just this cloud of 500. Look, I mean, it looked like one of those clouds of blackbirds that are just kind of swirling around, but they were right. all teal. It was, yeah. yeah. And again, none of those roosted there. Those right. all those yeah. all flew in while we yeah. were moving spots, yep. doing everything else. Yeah, and that one hour from then till, um, till shooting light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those birds just flew in. It was just crazy. So, but yeah, honestly, like it was, it was just some super cool like sights and visuals, just like with all the birds coming in, and it's just like when you're sitting there, like blue wing and green wing, because that's what we were shooting, blue wing and green wing till. Um, like the way they just decoy in, it's like super unique to like any mm-hmm. other bird. You know, they don't do it like a diver. Divers come like almost on the water. Mm-hmm. You know, when mallards cup up high, circle around, and then you know, cup up and they flap their wings and just drop from the sky, almost like on a vertical. Um, until just come up like they follow like the like the weed line and the lily pads, and they'd fly like at us mm-hmm. at that level and. And then they kind of like curve right into us, and it was just you know we'd pull up, and I mean we just obviously not to you know it's not really spoiling anything, but we shot our three man limit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, the thing that was different about like this hunt compared to last year is last year we were hunting like the chest high lily pads, so they're flying like the lily pad lines. To get into this hole, they have to come up over the trees. So actually, when you like you see them, they're actually pretty high because they got to fly over the tree line, and then they just like just sail into the spots. You know, they come down to the weed line and then find the hole that they're going to. Right. Right. What do you got, what do you got to say about the hunt, John? It was, it was incredible. It was awesome. We had some killer hunts last year in Iowa. I mean, the, the early teal season last year was phenomenal. Saw a lot of ducks. They decoyed pretty well. The right. Duck, the ducks this morning, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm so stuck between they decoyed really well because we had a lot of really, really, really close shots, and that had to have been because of the mojo. And there were just so many birds flying all over the place that they could kind of care less about the decoys and the mojo. We just happened to get some close shots because right anywhere the, in there you would have had a close shot just statistically. Right, they're all like they were almost all close shots, um, but I think the problem was like where we set up was just almost a little too thick of vegetation. But it, it's like we kicked up birds in there. But the problem was it was like there's a thousand birds over there and we're like on the edge of where they wanted to land they probably landed there because the prime spot was full yeah so they're trying to still land over to our right in that little cut and then like we had lilies that pushed out almost like exactly 40 yards and they'd land like on the other side of the lilies at 40 yards um quite a few times where it was like the actual like really really like landing in the water decoying Mm -hmm. ducks yeah, outside, like on the far side of our spread, which was not like you know, um, when we're setting up for our plan for tomorrow, that's something we're taking into consideration. How far is our hide from the open water so we can actually land them mm-hmm. in the water? Yep, and shoot them like as they're about touching instead of like having these where they're coming over our set and they like they come right over top of us. I mean, literally like at ten yards, and we're busting them, but but they're not going to quite. They're not setting the wings and and lighten in there because they look at it and like ah well this isn't like exactly where i want to land yeah yeah and like you said we're putting that into consideration i i think that if the same amount of birds show up as they did today tomorrow we'll probably have better like landing birds like you know decoying birds yeah right hunter you see this stuff more often i mean based on the spread did you feel like the spread 
mattered hardly at all today, or do you feel like with zero decoys, we would have done basically the same as what we did? I think if we would have only put out the mojo, we would have done the exact same. You think the mojo made a difference, though? Yeah, I think the flick of flockers, because they're in there. Yeah. Yeah, spinning around. I don't think that the, uh, you know, when I was out there getting a couple birds, and I'm sure you can see this too when you were out getting birds, the decoys don't stick out compared to the pads that are broke over, like the lily pads. And so I don't think there's any decoy visibility. But if you looked out to the birds that landed in the open water, they were obvious that they were birds. Yeah, totally. And so I think that the zero decoy visibility definitely like hurt it to where like when we set tomorrow, we're going to set with the birds or the decoys out kind of on open water so they'll have more visibility. And I think they'll make more of a difference then. I could see that being helpful. All right, I Devin. Was, I was impressed with the flock of flickers or whatever, though. Those looked really good. Mm-hmm. So let's let's hear about your hunt, man. Let's. Uh, I don't even know how many you shot yet. We we talked a few times in between, but I don't know what'd you guys end with. Uh, I think we ended with eleven. Unfortunately, we did lose two to them four foot tall lily pads. But right, that's I mean, tough. I mean, is. that's a lesson we learned last year too. It's like um, with that stuff. It's so it was so hard. I mean, last year our first time hunting in it and you know we don't really see that where we hunt yeah and so it's so different that like you can't shoot unless it's like in front of us kind of thing and, 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 and that's the thing too like we had a big hole um the first few rounds kind of were just kind of like skirting the hole and we're like man we really don't want to go on chasing them and the dog was having a hard time finding them in there too so it's like you know what we'll just shoot them over you know the decoys and the first couple rounds, they stayed to the outside. And um, there were some that came on the left side of the boat that I was in. And they were right on the line. And I just, I popped one of them. And sure enough, it went into the lotus there. And me and the dog went over there and looked and looked and looked and couldn't find it. Mm. But then after that, the other birds, um, they started being really responsive to call. So the call would actually get them to come in, and then they'd just see the mojos, and then it was Did you bring your good. teal call? I did. I didn't actually use it, though. I just let old Timbo use his. And, nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I got it, it seemed to be working pretty good. I got one for John last year, and he didn't even bring it. So yeah. man. Well, we all know what happens when John calls. It's probably a good thing. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, we didn't see we – didn't, we weren't covered up in birds like you were. There, there was – an unbelievable amount of big ducks. Um, seen some uh, pretty cool ducks today, actually, too. Um, but the teal just really wasn't there. Like, I think maybe the biggest group of teal we've seen was probably like 10. Most of them were like ones and twos. And Right. Um, What's the time of the year, man? The new new ducks can like literally show up overnight, too. Well, Blue wings are calendar birds. And, and, you know, it does get kicked off a little bit by cold fronts but also some amount just fly in because it's the right time of the year but like we hunted that area last year and it just seemed like every year or every day i should say when we hunted it it was like new birds would just fly over the trees we'd be sitting in there and they'd fly in and kind of add to the the local flock that was already there so it is a little strange kind of compared to like what we were seeing and we really weren't that far you know considering yeah, like yeah, in the guys, flyway yeah you guys weren't far at all but Yep, it's crazy. Just uh, still a solid hunt, though. Yeah, it was. I mean, you weren't going to shoot those when, in Indiana. When you come from Indiana, <laughs> you know, if you can shoot right. And now Indiana does get teal. Like I'm not saying that we don't get anything. Like I'm not trying to, but we don't get the numbers. You yeah. know, like if we find a hole 
and it's got some teal in Asia, you know, you're going to get your one pass of 10 to 15 teal. And, you know, and that's, that's it, right? That's about it. But, yeah, I think the most I've ever shot in Indiana is is three. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I think I've shot more teal in big duck season than I have in, in early. Mm. So, like, I guess it brings up a question of, like, how many birds, if you guys scout a, scout a spot, scout a draw inside of a place, how many birds does it take before you're like, all right, that's where we're going tomorrow? Uh, usually Indiana? takes not finding geese to look to, for teal. Yeah, yeah. really, because oh. we our goose is at the same time. Oh, and uh, Devin's got he's got the spots for that. So yeah, we got some pretty good spots now. Now we just gotta hope the silage comes off in time, though. We're we're coming down too. I talked to a couple of the the farmers last week, and it's supposed to be coming off the first part of this week. So should awesome. be perfect timing. Um, a lot of birds, and we got a lot of we had a good hatch this year. We got a lot of geese in the area. Right, um, right. So, kind of answer that question. It's like, well, why would we like go hunt teal? Mm-hmm. Like when it's like you can only find them. We can't shoot till thirty minutes after shooting. Like I've been on hunts where there could be fifty teal, and that's it, though. You know, and all fifty come in before shooting light and leave, and that's it, right? And that's it. And it happens. It's like a fifty-fifty chance if that's going to happen. Okay, and that could be all that's in the area. All you're going to see. Because we don't have like a big natural flyway or corridor for them to follow, yep. and we're in the center of the state too. So we got Lake Michigan on the west side, mm-hmm. and the Great Lakes on the east side as well, and it kind of funnels them around the side away from us, and then I'm sure they kind of spread up, spread out the further they go south. But another another thing I kind of want to talk about on today's hunt though um, was you had Colt out there. So Colt's your black lab, and he's. This is his second full season, right? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. He's not, he's not even he's still, two yet. He's still disowned today. I see <laughs> he did really well on the dove, so I've forgiven him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not even two yet, right? Yeah. No, so how I many how many duck hunts month. has he uh, has he been on? Uh, I don't know, four, five, six. So I mean, like he's that. very like he's still very much in yeah. the learning phase. Like yeah. and and to like say like we'll talk about the hunt and all that, and I'll let you say kind of whatever you want to say about it. But like as far as like your training, like you have like excellent training with him. He's got excellent drive. He's a really good-looking dog. There's a lot, a lot of good things to say about Colt, but, like, he has never experienced a blooming till like this in a marsh that's, like, loaded with till scent and, like, just so much going on. So, anyways, what do you want to kind of say about? Well, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll give him some credit first, and then he's he's over there in his cage right now, so he's going to have to listen to me roast him. <laughs> so, I'll give him some credit first. There was There was, there was several times that – he there at least two times I can think of that I I we had a teal down I sent him out he's running around around where we thought the teal fell can't find it so I walk out there with him I see the teal you know ten feet from me and I either direct him to it or I pull him back to heel and then point it out and send you know send him at it and he walks right over it like his nose comes within fourteen inches of this teal and he's got a good nose like he pheasant hunts like I I know his nose is not broken. And he walks right over it. And so this happened twice, and I picked up a teal and smelt, smelled it, and they don't smell like anything. Like, they barely smell at all. They just smell like a marsh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, you don't have the nose of a dog. I, I'm kind of that's fair. snickering and yep. smirking a little bit. Because, I mean, we could look up some statistics, but, like, their nose was way more strong. But to that point, you know, I've experienced the same thing where it does feel like they don't have as gamey of a smell as some other, as some other ducks, you know? Um, you know, whether it's the same thing, I feel like with dove, I've seen that with dove Mm -hmm. where a a young dog can just run right past the dove, Yep. you know, and they they don't even smell it. Right. Maybe he's, he's 
keyed in on like mallard scent and he's really looking for that because you have to imagine all the smells that they can that they can get and they're looking for this one very specific one he's never yeah. done it for blueing you know yeah I, I can see that for sure but like i don't know and I, and to like add on to that too though there was this is a loaf pond that had you know a thousand plus birds sitting all inside of all these lily pads for I mean, I saw them yesterday. Who knows how many days they have or haven't been there? Right. So, like, it's there's just feathers loaded. everywhere, it's just yeah. full of scent. Yeah. yeah, it's just loaded with it. So it would be, I mean, like, it would be unfair to expect them to find it right away. Right. You know, as a as cover. a young it's, as a young dog, it's even like like to kind of like the opposite side of the spectrum. It's like we had Chief last year, and like he's done it, you know, many years and and all that, and like he could like pick out the difference between like a dead one. He'd go up to it. That's true. And Chief, he's like, oh, he's like, no, that's that's one that's rotten. It's not not the one we're looking for. It's just like crazy mm-hmm. that they're be, that they're able to like, no, that's not the one I'm looking for. No, that's right. not the other scent. Oh, and then they go and find it. It's like, mm-hmm. but like I felt like with Chief, he was like, I thought he had no nose at all until he was about three, mm-hmm. and like just all of a sudden it's like, oh man, he can find anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it didn't start out that way. And I feel like most young dogs I've hunted with. They're, they don't have a nose, and I even told him that because yeah. he's like, "How do you like? How's John's dog's nose?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, he's a young dog. I've never met a dog before the age of three that had a good dog." Now I'm not like a dog trainer, an expert. That's just my experience with hunting with people that have dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and he he went on. I mean, not exaggerating, over a dozen pheasant hunts last year, and from hunt number one, where he, I mean, we we went with two veteran dogs and him. The other two dogs just hunted circles around him, and his nose was not good. Like when he'd smell a bird, it would take him forever to figure out, okay, you know, which way's upwind, which way's downwind. You know what I mean? Like he was having a hard time with it. By the end of it, I mean, he was phenomenal. Like he's a right. very good pheasant dog right now. But I have no clue why that didn't translate to this. It's a different it bird, weird. different scent. Yep. He, maybe he's not even sure what he's looking for. Yep. And by the time he figured it out, I mean, he was wore out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Yeah, he might, might not have should have took him dove hunting but because <laughs> yeah, he's right. going to be worn out by the end of this weekend. But maybe after day four, it's like, man, his nose will just come in because it he kind of keys into it, it and figures I'm, it out. I'm really anxious for tomorrow. It'll be really interesting to see, like, when he's been here before. Like, he, maybe now he knows what he's smelling for and he knows what, you know what I mean? Like, right. it'll, it'll be a little bit easier. And then there's the excitement, right? You can just run over stuff when you're a young dog that's learning and excitement, right? He'll be he'll be a lot slower come three day three and four, right? right? So well I guess you guys are only hunting day three, so Yep. Yeah. I mean Ivan's got a wedding. I would expect that like tomorrow, <laughs> like the hunt that we have set up, it'll be a little bit more open water and stuff. I imagine he does better. Right. right. Thing. And and honestly the ones that he saw them drop, there was only one that he saw he watched it drop. I sent him and he didn't go out quite far enough. The rest of them that were just textbook like that, where he was in, there was a couple that was like, he just totally didn't see them. He was out looking for a different one, and we dropped another one. But the ones where he was sitting in the kennel watching, he watched it drop, the, the, you know, textbook, It was he was good with those. Oh, yeah. I know I'm going to miss that dog come early goose when you're out west. Yep. <laughs> we'll see. I'll set up a rental fee for you. That's all right. I got a couple young kids I take out, and they'll be my dog. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I mean that was that's definitely a, an awesome hunt, man. An awesome day. Um, we all got on some birds and had a good time. But uh, Hunter, what's the plan for tomorrow? So the plan for tomorrow is we're gonna both hunt the. We're gonna I shouldn't say both. We're all gonna hunt the same hole, but the hole is actually kind of bigger than we thought. Than we like it originally kind of right, like right. It, thought it was. 
And so, would you gonna, call it a huge giant like what, what <laughs> massive words? expanse of a hole? No, no, I wouldn't call Jordan's it. Jordan's like massive. it's not that big. <laughs> it's really small. Well, you're making no it sound else. like we could like literally invite the whole state of no, Iowa no to come down there. No one else can come in here. We can't fit any other people in here. That's not what I said. <laughs> Regardless, this is a joke that goes back for those that are not aware. Oh, well, we can yeah. explain it, right? Okay, so, yeah. so John gets a phone call from Devin. From Devin. Yep. But anyways, it's just like I don't know. He's just—I I was like, yeah, it's a really big spot. I—I th- I mean, we could totally fit, you know, extra people in here. You guys would be nuts not to come. Okay, here but there's okay, right? But like, <laughs> is it your hunt? Is it your your spot to like kind of oh, make here, plans? We're opening this back up again. Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, to that point, right? Like who you know? It's so just this guy's that's call, why right? You still sounded drunk when I was talking to you on the phone. I couldn't understand what you were mumbling about. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about earlier today when I called you? When I was t- when you asked how we did, and I told you it was really yeah, good. We were seeing a bunch of ducks. Yeah, and then you're like, "Oh no, I'm just kidding." And then you're like, and then I started hearing. <laughs> oh yeah, that was them. Oh, yeah, we're, we're that was crap, them chirping but... in the background. Then I started like, no, hearing you like push anything. numbers on your phone. I'm like, "Are you drunk right now? What are you doing? <laughs> did you go to the bar and not go hunting?" And then Tim was like, "It's probably pulling your leg." I was like. I don't know. It sounds pretty confident. I picked up the phone. It, I was like, "Yeah, we actually did really well today. We, we shot a whole bunch of ducks and well, saw a lot. Okay. it was great." Like Jordan's like, "We didn't see like anything. to the point we're, of we're, it." There's other people with yeah. them, and then he tells their buddy, and then their buddy, and their buddy, and then you know you you talk to your buddies that are hunting with a guide not far in the river. It's just like word can spread fast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like you want to keep that in your tight knit group and not let it get out, right? We had a really good hunt. We know a really good spot. And we hope that it's ours again. We're taking, you know, our group there tomorrow. Mm. And, like, that's – we don't want anybody else in there. Like, no. not like – it's not like we're being selfish, but we are a little bit, right? Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. that's part of that's part of duck hunting, right? Well, and, and you're right. I mean, even even if it was – even if we were going to tell somebody, it's not my spot to tell. I mean, Hunter scouted this. Hunter found the spot. It's – if somebody was going to tell somebody about it, it's totally not my place. I think, I think I'm with you, though. I think I kind of underestimate sometimes the – the power of just saying, "Oh yeah, we did really well today." Oh, those not guys telling, over there, not you know, telling they, somebody the spot. People can kind of figure out the spot sometimes, right? You know? Right. Like if we, if you say we crushed them today, if people put in the work, they can probably either ask around or whatever, and they'll figure it out. So that was my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> we're, we're, basically, what I'm getting out of this whole chatter right here is I'm not part of the top tight-knit group. No, you you are, but we're saying that there's other people that are hunting with you and Tim. Like we don't know the other guy. Like and then right. he has buddies that he talks to that he hunts with, and they have buddies that that they talk. And like most people didn't shoot like a bunch of birds, right? That Drew guy don't hunt with you guys often. He does, but like, it, yeah, kind of. I don't know. Well, I, didn't, I all I, I didn't know who he was or or who right. he hunts with. All all the point is is like even then, like we only we only want like two groups in there, right? right. Like we decided, kind of that's the max that pool can hold is two groups. So if everybody tells everybody's buddy, you can see where it's like you know yeah, where does it, it stop? It would end up like where I hunted today, where we had literally boats all around us. Right, like, and we don't want that. We yeah. want we want our own group, our tight knit group, right. two groups in there, right? Yeah, and, and then we'll be good to go. You know, we don't want four, five, six groups. It just like you could set up in there, but then instead of being able to like work birds, you have to like take them on the first pass because. If you don't, then the next yep. group's gonna right, you know, shoot into them and they're gone, right? We want to be able to try to finish them and decoy them and all that, and it's so cool to have like an, an excluded get here with this exclusive <laughs> an exclusive or secluded hole. Your, your, your brain spot. is running on fumes, <laughs> it, man. Yeah, we didn't sleep much, but yeah. 
But anyways, we're getting in the weeds on this one a little bit. All of this was to like explain it a little bit why we're poking at at John a little bit, not almost almost in a joking way, but there's always some truth to it, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, let's don't like we don't want the word to spread quite yet, you know? Yeah. So, so all this getting back to tomorrow, we're gonna hunt five guys in this hole, and we're gonna split up, and we're gonna be three people hunting one part, and then two people hunting the other. So we think that's probably the best way. We saw the main birds work two different parts which are on pretty much opposite sides of the hole. So we're not going to be like on top of each other. I think it's like, what, 200 and some yards apart? Right. No, it's uh, it 300, so okay. a little bit more than 300. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I put the pins at both spots we're going to go to. And so we can, buy, I mean, that's, it's crazy when you look across. It doesn't look that far. No. But then when you, you measure it out, yeah, it's 300 yards apart from where we'll be sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we use that onyx with that measure in the distance. Oh, yeah. When we're bored out hunting, like, hey, mm-hmm. how far do you think that house is over there? Right. Which brings oh, me to a great point, yards. man. This trip's presented by onyx. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. No, we, we, right. used, we just used it on the – so Devin and I went um, – so Jordan and Hunter, because they, they had zero sleep for the last 48 hours, took a nap. Devin and I went and dove hunted for two hours. Did, That's we, true. We, I forgot 11, about that. We, we got 11. Yeah. Um, so we did okay. It wasn't as good as last year, but there's a couple there. Right. And, um, but the spot that we went to last year, they didn't plant sunflowers there. So we're like, well, crap. We looked across and there's this cut sunflower field. And so we did, we actually pulled out Onyx because we were thinking it's across the creek and it mm. looked, it looked like it could have been, a, it was a separate property. So we were thinking, we don't want to go over there if it's private, obviously. You know, there, we were, we were on public. Right. We don't want to go over there if it's private. So we whipped out Onyx, and it was probably, I don't know, in 20 seconds, Devin probably, Devin looked and said, yep, public. Nice. It's kind of cool. Right. And then you got your lumber. I mean, for not knowing the spot, not scouting, just like walking in yeah. in an evening set, like it's right. not the preferred time. Yeah, for two hours, just kind of, it wasn't. Just kind of a little fun hunt. Here. Yeah, it's a little bonus. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yep. Hopefully, I get a chance at some point. But it was like today, we're just so drained. And all the stuff we got to do, like, like behind the scenes stuff like transferring all four of my cameras the memory cards getting all my batteries back together then putting it all back together packing my bag and then like you know taking the nap and then we went to walmart we bought food we bought stuff to cook till um tomorrow when we're gonna after the hunt we're gonna hang out and chill and and cook some till watch some football and yeah have a good time so Mm -hmm. the the dove numbers ain't really like they're not great anyway, so it's like not missing a whole lot. Yeah, I did talk with the hunted, DNR this morning, and he was saying that he checked a lot of dove hunters this morning, and they were n- numbers seem to be way down from last year. Mm. Well, that can change overnight too. I feel like, yeah, if you find the right place, and don't you have maybe some connections for private possibility? Yeah, yeah, I have a couple private fields that we could we could go to, and there's another public place that's a little bit further away that I know has got some birds on it, but awesome. I don't know. That was all scouted. You know, earlier in the week, who knows what it looks like after right. the first? You know, right? It's always a it's always a shoot on whether or not after the first birds are still there, especially on dove. It seems like they get pretty well shot up and then they don't come back. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So there is one story I want to talk about before we tune off, but like uh, tune off, tune mm-hmm. out, tune out. But anyways, so I don't. Did this make the podcast last night? Did we talk about the cornhole game? No, we did. Oh, we didn't. We so didn't get a this, chance to talk. This about was it. like. Oh, no. This was like the highlight of the the <laughs> night before the scout. Like I like we 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 come in, we go to this uh this bar at, to eat, you know, and it's late. It's probably like 
By the time we got around, it was almost like nine o'clock or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like nine, nine thirty. Yeah. So we sit down at the table and I see they have cornhole. Or maybe it was John that pointed out, Oh, can we play cornhole? I get or like wasn't a, you, I Devin? get like a quarter of a beer in me and I see cornhole and my brain just goes nuts. Yeah, well it shouldn't because you suck. <laughs> you, cost, you costed us dinner. So yeah, I say kinda like jokingly, like, hey, like loser buys and who was it? Like I think Devin said or John said, oh, I'm in for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so- Devin and I realized that we're gambling addicts last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's all like, – we're, we're paying for like a like a cheeseburger kind of thing. It's not like – Yeah. Yeah. Not like a $100 steak. Well, right. As cocky as John sounded. I think Devin's bill was big, actually. <laughs> as cocky as John sounded, I thought for sure he was going to be money. All he had to do – Nothing against you, Hunter. I love you, man. You're a good dude. But you are an awful cornhole player. <laughs> hey, he was clutch when he needed to be. That's true. That, exactly. But like there won. was there yeah. was like two or three rounds where like he would just miss the board like almost the entire time. It was it was like the most intense, closely matched cornhole game that I've ever been to. I think we had like five or six busts. Yeah. And it was like a barely a bust where like it was like I needed to knock a bag in and like keep it on the board. And like they both like in slow motion rolled over, and I thought at that point we we're gonna win, but um, yeah, it was just back and forth, back and forth, I back think, and forth. I think we need to go back and explain. So like they made a bet that John or not John and Devin would be on a team, and Jordan and I would be on a team. Loser team had to split dinner. That was right, the pay, bet. you had to pay for had dinner. to pay for yep. dinner. the two other guys would have to pay. Yep. The two other guys, if they lost, yeah. So that was the bet. I don't know if it was ever like exclusive. Right, it wasn't. It was. It was never, never really laid out. So we played the game, and it was very close, very back and forth. And eventually, me being the worst cornhole player, the four of us clutched it up for the W. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Which case, and the first time in like four years, I got a chest bump. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh man, like we were like yelling, hooting, and hollering. Yeah. And like when we won, we just. Run across. We're like, do we high five? What do we do? <laughs> Turned into a jumping chest, chest bump. Yeah, De- Devin and I cussed each other out. Oh yeah, like, Devin was not how happy. Did you with go you. over? John, you I think John over. busted like twice. Twice, yeah. Devin busted once. I busted both once. of mine were completely. Un- I was go. I was literally going for the hole. I didn't know that we were that close. <laughs> I was. I was a half a beer deep. Yeah. 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 So, anyways. It was it was fun, some well, fun times, some fun that's, banter. That's not even the best part of the story. Oh, because yeah, uh, did you guys actually that, follow through? This is how we figured out our gambling addiction. Was after yeah, that, we Devin turned around and made Devin, another bet. Devin immediately doesn't even skip oh, no. a beat. Devin immediately goes double or nothing to me. Well, like, he said it to all to, of us. We're at supposed first. to split it, yeah. So to me, he goes double or nothing. Who can get like one bag? Who gets closest to the hole? Closest to the hole gets out of it. The other guy has to pay for the whole thing. <laughs> and so I, so he makes me go first. I go first. It's probably six inches from the hole. Where'd your bag go? Air ball. Air. <laughs> Literally the, the worst pressure bag. got to you. It was the worst throw you made of the night. Yeah. Like you were draining them left and right when we were playing. And then you go for your one yep. money one. Yep. yep. And John left it. Like he left it open for you. Wide, oh, yeah. wide yep. open. He didn't block the hole. Nothing. Yep. Nope. <sighs> So that's that's so. Did you end up paying? Did we, we end up? No, split. we, you ended up we split it, but then I bought. <laughs> yeah, we split it. We split it, out. and then I made him buy my next beer. Oh, okay. And then we came back. <laughs> Alrighty, well, um, I think that's a good place to go ahead and wrap it up. We're we're probably gonna get some shut eye, and we have to get up super early again um, to make sure we're first to the spot. Since uh, you know, 
John spread the word and everything, but <laughs> <laughs> evidently, if you call someone, you say, "Hey, man, we did really good today." He's like, "What the heck? Everyone knows where we went now." Alrighty, folks. I'm Jordan from Dutton Chronicles. Hunter, John, and Devin, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Alrighty, fellas. A quick couple updates here at the end or additions uh, to the podcast, I should say. Um, but first off, guys, if you're not watching the series over there on YouTube, the first two episodes are out. Um, well, the first one's out. The second one's going to be releasing later this day. Um, so they both turned out great. You're, you don't want to miss them. So jump over there, guys, on the YouTube channel, Duck and Chronicles, and check out the videos as well, um, and you're going to enjoy this. Also, guys, just a reminder, uh, we're doing the drawing for the hunt giveaway. Um, we're going to do it on Friday evening. So uh, stay tuned, guys, Friday evening for the winner of the Patreon. So like I said, last chance, last few days to join on over there, patreon.com slash Chronicles if you want a chance to be a drawn for this year's hunt giveaway will be uh, given. We'll, we'll be helping you get out to the hunt, whether it's covering li- licenses or gas or whatever it is, uh, up to four hundred bucks. So definitely, guys, it's going to be awesome. I got a bunch of good guys in the Patreon. I can't wait to see who's going to win.